Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Safety is an important element of any tabletop game, especially in a horror-themed one. Content warnings for this Let's Play of Starhold are Violence Injury Death Darkness The Ocean Dark Water Loss Needles Fire And Body Horror You all have just arrived down on the mining complex. The strange thing is, unlike upstairs, the lights are on down here. You've shed your EVA suits for those of you who came from the outside. Callista and North, you came down the elevator and had a very smooth ride. The rest of you, not so much. And now you're standing in front of the doors heading into the complex. And as they open, the first thing you notice is that one, lights are on outside too, and two, Every surface you can see is coated with those sponges. What do you do? Do we know how far it is to the laboratory? Yeah, I would say that you do. Um, And probably North uh, a little bit, though he's a little less familiar. But you've been down here just to see your mom a couple of times. Um, and, uh, And you have a good idea of the map just from memorizing it. It is down the main hall and then to the left. If this were normal times, probably a three to five minute walk. You said that we saw a figure at the end of this hallway. You did. Okay. Um, yes. Down. It's a. It's a pretty decent length. Um, it doesn't seem to notice you. It's just kind of walking back and forth, almost with this kind of swaying gait. Okay. Um, it has short, cropped brown hair and looks humanoid, but can't make out any real details from here. So, I think in the uh in the sort of dossier that I'd gotten about this colony, I probably had a list of important people that would have been uh on this colony, one of which I have to assume would have been the wife of the governor who's the head researcher. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it yeah, came with doctor- a picture. Does Inca have short dark brown hair? No. 
Inca does not. Inca has very long, uh, almost bluish black, very similar to Tara's. Well, that's a big relief. All right. I will whisper to the rest of the party, well, what do we think we do? Do we call out to it? Do we try and sneak over there? I don't know how to get past all the sponges on the floor. Would I have any indication that they, I, I guess communicates the only word I can think of, like if I were to walk across the floor covered in these things, do do they know? Do the rest know? Is this like a spider web situation where I've stepped on the thing and the rest of it jitters, I guess? So for that, I would like you to roll mind trick. You're trying to get a feeling from something you know is some kind of living being, and you have a unusual connection to it, so I'm going to allow this. Okay. That's a 10. Okay. Uh, I guess with that specific question in mind, are they hiding something important? Okay. Um, how detailed does his telepathy work? Can you read sentences in someone's mind, or is it more like a feeling? I think it really is more like a feeling. Like, I get true intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were trying to hone in on hey, are you this person? I don't think I would get the answer back of, yes, I'm this person. I would get the intention of, I'm a person trying to survive and and hope that you believe me as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, anything else. Okay. I would say with Mr. Q's kind of telepathy, you immediately, as soon as you kind of open your mind to this and kind of start reaching out for it, realize that By instinct, you kind of protect yourself by setting up kind of a mental blockade. It's just, you know, otherwise things would be overwhelming. Now that you've opened those floodgates, you can sense this weird low-level field of telepathy coming from everything around you. And I'll also give you this. You can feel that sensation of almost consciousness coming off of these sponges seems to be concentrated on that figure at the end of the hall. Oh, okay. Uh, I suppose the other question would be, what would give me leverage with them? You know, the the idea is I want to traverse this, preferably with, like, my face and stuff intact. So what what is the thing I can do? I think what I'm going to answer this with is it's, we can look at leverage as what can you use against them. So this is kind of like understanding what their weakness is. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say that you kind of instinctually get this feedback from this telepathic field of these creatures. Um, just a bunch of like different impulses kind of all going at once. You have like uh, the kind of impulse of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is what I'm thinking of. The impulse for wanting warmth, um, for wanting food, for wanting to reproduce, and also the other impulses of fear, this uh, fear of fire, fear of being dry, especially is the one, uh, fear of being crushed, of not being able to uh, essentially rally protections uh, against, you know, damage, um, which could happen very easily to these sponges. Um, yeah, I think that's what you get. I I feel like this is probably disorienting a little bit more than what I'm used to when I try this with people, because I have just confirmed that these things 
do both of the things that I do. I've already seen them become invisible, and now I know that they're sort of, well, the closest thing to the mind trick that they have matches mine. Uh, so yeah, I think the group just actually sees me for the first time really kind of wilt and like bend over and shake my head to, to clear it. We need fire. Do you have any leads on where we might get some? I do not. I'm just spitballing, but I have a feeling that if anything, everything down here is probably designed to suppress a fire, not to create a fire. That stands to reason. I might know where to find some fire. Can I roll rat's nest? Yes. Yes, you can. Seven. This is what I'm going to give you. You know, just from listening to your mom's talk about work, just from picking things up as people were talking around you whenever you were visiting her, there's a lot of things being developed in these labs down here. Um, so the way that the labs are set up is there's the labs and then there's the mining complex. And uh, the labs are related to the mining complex in that they test all sorts of things on the minerals, see what they can develop, etc. Um, you know for a fact that one of the things they were testing was uh, a way of essentially getting rid of blockages or uh, organic kinds of things that were inhibiting the miners from getting their jobs done. Because there's like lots of seaweed, lots of little fish that swim around here. Um, whenever they like drain an area to kind of get in there, it's just there. Um, so there are some handheld, essentially fire devices that are used to burn organic matter away. Um, being held in one of the very nearby labs. The only problem is that you have to get there, um, but it's actually r much closer than the main lab itself. I think my mom said that they were working on making some cool fire tools, but we still got to get past some of these, but it's real close. It's, it's just down there a little ways. But if we could get past some of these and get to them, we can maybe take out more. I mean, I can just start blasting them or whipping at them. The one that was on two legs up there, they seem to like light and react to it. So maybe like, I don't know, can, can they actually move? Because maybe like firing a light bullet would get some of them to like scoot that way and open us up a path. Potentially. Also, the one that seems to be walking around down at the end, it felt to me as if they were some sort of hub of the mental connection between the rest. So you think if it goes down, then the rest of them are like, Brain dead? Maybe. It is certainly possible. At the very least, I think their ability to communicate and coordinate would be decisively diminished. So you want me to just piss that one off and then we can try and kill it? I am a fan of simple plans, though not knowing the extent of the infestation down here, if they are all truly connected, and there are several more of them, that could be seriously problematic well if if you give us a boost up to the vents i think that maybe if calista wants to come with we can go in the vents and then go to the the lab where the fire stuff is and then i could just crawl back through and bring it back and we can just light it on fire here we don't have to pass any of them up in the vent yeah it's it's really really easy i'm in there all the time don't worry it's super super easy and you could just follow me and i'll show you how to get there right six could you give me a boost, please? Ma'am, I gotta say, I don't like this. I don't like it either. Unfortunately, only one of us can fit in the vent. She kind of looks at her shoulders and goes, oh. All right. 
I would just go by myself, but I don't know how heavy they are or how many there we got to carry. So it'd be probably good to have some more hands. But if you don't want to go, I can just go by myself. I'll be real fast. No, no, I will go. Okay, let's go. And I'm just like trying to reach the vents and like climbing on stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Does, would Six help her or is she only going to help? Yes. Calista? Six will help Tara. Okay, so Six just comes over and, like, boosts you up and just, like, almost shoves you in the vent, just, like, uh, and then goes over to you and kind of bends down and kind of holds a little hand like this and, ma'am. Six, if this is the last time that we see each other, it has been very nice having you protect me, and I'll be very sad if I have to replace you. (laughs) I'll be sad if I have to be replaced. (laughs) Okay. I don't think you need to roll anything for this, uh, because you basically have established that you know where this thing is, just from, you know, having rolled Rat's Nest. Mm -hmm. Uh, You and Callista kind of crawl your way through these vents. Um, What you notice as you're going through is that these vents are significantly colder than, like, the outside air, because they're blowing all the the kind of air through. Um, So there's this moment where, as you're kind of, like, worrying that you haven't found your way out where you kind of get this, like, blast of warm air come in your face. You go, oh, yeah, this is where I need to kind of get out. Um, and you find the vent and you exit and you find this, like, research room. It is still light. Uh, there's lights kind of lit around. Um, there are sponges on the ceiling, uh, but it seems like there's less of them here. They're not on the floor. They're kind of trailing down the wall, but as they get closer to the ground, there's, like, fewer and fewer of them. Um, they all seem to be kind of congregated up there. And so there's kind of puddles on the floor, but there's enough space that you could probably hop your way across them. Uh, okay, yeah, I climb down out of the vents and I'll I'll turn around and let Calista know, hey, uh, there's some more spongy guys in this room, but I don't, they're not on the floor. So I think we, if we're quiet and we be fast, then it'll be okay. Do you know where these are? Nope. And I jump out of the vent. Fantastic. <laughs> I will gingerly lower myself out of the vent. So what I'm going to ask the two of you is, I'm assuming, are you both looking? Callista, are you just kind of waiting till she finds it? What's going on? I would be looking as well. I want us to find this as quickly as possible. I think I would relay to her exactly what I heard my mom say. Like, they said that it could get a bunch of stuff out of the way if it, it was able to catch on fire and it looked like this. The idea that that is exactly what you heard your mom say <laughs> is comical. Like you're both these two important, like a diplomat and yeah. a research scientist. And they're like, yes, we've been working on a device that can like get a bunch of stuff out of the way. Um, like if it it's in like the past and it looks like this. Yeah. And your mom, the governor is like, mm, mm-hmm, fascinating, fascinating. Yes. Let, yes, let, dear. Huh? Let's put mo- more money into this immediately. Yes. <laughs> I love the way you make words with your mouth. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you're both looking, I would like you both to run a survey of the scene. And this is going to be uh, kind of a amalgamation of a group role, kind of similar to upstairs. Okay. okay. That's a nine. Eleven. Okay. Uh, with the nine and eleven, I'm going to say that that's a ten. You guys get to pick two questions. What can help me? Yeah, I think you're kind of looking around here and you see on the far end of this kind of research lab, there is a a cabinet um, that looks tall, kind of like something you would store something important in. And you think, yeah, 
everything good is stored in a cabinet. And you just head towards this cabinet. And as you're kind of opening it, you see almost propped up on these kind of gun racks, this very long, thin, kind of uh, tubular shaped with this uh, stock on the end and a canister of fuel positioned so that if you like put it under your arm, you could hold onto this canister and keep it up. And then it would have this like long barrel going forward that comes to a point um, and has like a little trigger. And there's about three of them. Uh, I grab it. Is it like too heavy for me? Or is it like manageable? It's a little heavy for you, yes. I would say that if you were ever going to try to use this, you're going to be rolling with a disadvantage, just mechanically speaking. Uh, as far as carrying it, can I take two or? You could carry them, yes. Um, it will be difficult for you, I think, if you carry two. Okay. Um, just based off of like your size and strength as a child. Mm, I take one. And I give it to mm-hmm. Callista and I say, here, here's the fire. And and then I want to look for, um, you know, somebody had mentioned earlier that this place probably has things available, readily available to suppress fire. Since that would be dangerous with what they were working on making here, can I also find some sort of extinguisher? Because I feel like it'll be good to burn these things up, but we probably don't want that to get out of control. So Sure. Uh, and I'm going to count that probably as your second question. Um, if you're looking for a second thing, kind of rolling off of that, you have no problem finding the fire extinguishers. And there's multiple in this lab. They're on the wall. They're clearly marked. There's a big old thing that says fire extinguisher with a giant arrow pointing down. A um, couple of them have sponges on them, but nothing that you can't kind of maneuver around to get the door open and kind of get your hand on. They're like the, they're not the big old ones. They're like the small, like hand size ones. Oh, perfect. Because there's like three or four of them in this room. Perfect. Uh, so mm-hmm. I give the flamethrower to Callista and I will grab two of the fire extinguishers. And I say, we might need to put out the fire after we burn everything up. So that has the fire and these will put it out. So let's go back. Okay. Uh, yeah, and if you don't want to do anything else in the lab, I would say you guys can just get in the vent and get back with no problem. Cool. Yeah. Okay, we're back. Somebody help me down. Nope. Yep. Uh, and I will reach up and help her down. Six, if you could. Ma'am. And she kind of gets down again and offers a stepping spot. We got the flamethrower and we got an extinguisher. Yes. And if someone else, I'm afraid that this is a bit heavy for me. I don't know if this is more... Your forte, Mr. Q or Mr. Northwood? Uh, I look at Mr. Q and hold up a fist and I say, Rochambeau? (laughs) Yes, I suppose. One, two, three, go. All right. I get to use the flamethrower. Well done. Uh, Yeah, I'll take that that big bitch. So what, do I just start, like, lighting them up all over the floor? Yeah, it's okay. You can just set them all on fire and then when they're dead, I'll put the fire out. How do I know when they're dead? I mean, Mr. Q seemed to know when they were alive. Will you know when they're dead? I can certainly try to tap into them again, yes. Cool. Let's do it. Good enough for me. I just open that fucker up and try and burn a path down the middle of this room. All right. Uh, I want you to roll Inflict Harm with your new flamethrower, which I will give you the stats for if you don't have them. It is two harm, fire, volatile, area of effect. Nice. 
13. Damn. I stopped using those dice because they did me so dirty, and I put them in Jake's hands. My God. You put them in his hands to, to sabotage him? <laughs> you monster. <laughs> Who's the real monster here? I just wanted you to level up, buddy. Um, yeah. Describe to me the arc of destruction that you are wreaking down upon these spongy bastards. I think this is like one of those nice cinematics where like the shot changes to an extreme close up on North's face and you can see the fire reflected in his eyes and just like the slow motion laughter as he just sweeps back and forth across this hallway. (laughs) Destroying sponges left and right. And I suppose I'm going to inflict an extra harm for my extra effect. Okay. Uh, I will say take a stress um, just because (laughs) even knowing that this is going to be delightfully destructive, it is still terrifying. Still stressful for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, So here's the fun part. So as you're doing this, like, yeah, you're just wreaking destruction on these things. Um, And as you're going, you see them... What is the best way to describe that they pop like popcorn? Uh, that. Just like that. I think that's <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, they, they are, it, there's just this moment when the fire hits them that there's a kind of sizzle and hiss and then they just uh-huh. like just pop all the way uh, as you're going like bubble wrap. Uh, and they, yeah, these things are just exploding. Um, I will say because you rolled high, you avoid taking harm from these. Uh, you manage to keep a good distance. Um, and that kind of acidic blood icker that they have doesn't get on any of you. Um, question for Mr. Q. Mm -hmm. Did you leave your kind of like telepathy ability kind of on open? I don't think so. I think the fact that I connect to these things so specifically and I kind of have a bead on what they are and how that affects me, I I think it's like full valve closed until I think I need to open it again. Okay, good. So yeah, you're walking down this uh, hallway with North in the lead just broiling the entire place and Tara <laughs> with her little extinguisher and uh, and you just see these things pop and you see... At the end of this hallway, that creature immediately turn and hone in. But it doesn't seem to come towards you guys. It seems to hang back, actually, and start, like, weaving backwards and staring, but not approaching. Oh, I'm just, I'm on a on a rampage course. I just want to go mow that thing down with this flamethrower. Okay, yeah. I think the closer you get, um, it seems, like, almost indecisive, but as you start to kind of continue your way down this hall and more and more of these things start to be destroyed um that kind of intense look of predatory focus changes to one of fear and it's such an alien look on its face because it has human features this person essentially uh looks like just any normal joe but instead of kind of looking scared like a human would it's almost like the features get pulled and distended as it kind of looks terrified in an animalistic way and it turns and starts to run from you i don't know how much i can do in a moment here i would like to hand the flamethrower to q uh, and pull out the whip and try and lash out and restrain this thing so that it can't get away Uh, i think it's going to be 
an act under fire to kind of hand off the flamethrower without really interrupting the stream and pulling out your whip okay. all at once. Mm-hmm. Come on. Wow. That's a 10. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you have you don't even you don't even pull your hand off the trigger until Hughes got his like right on it. So there's no interruption in the stream and you're able to get this whip out with no problem. Roll me an inflict harm. Okay. There's it's got to go wrong eventually. Here it is. Oh, I was right. <laughs> Statistically speaking, you would be at some point. Uh, that's a 5. Uh, yeah, how would I I know, I'm trying to think how would I, how would I possibly assess if I'm right behind you, maybe I just help pass the flamethrower back faster so you can just, like, you don't even have to look behind you. You just kind of toss the flamethrower behind and take out your whip. And I just make sure that it gets to Q. Yeah, I'll take every bit of help I can get. Okay. Uh, Tara, go ahead and roll assist, please. Six. <laughs> I'm so <My> sorry. <laughs> I leveled up, though. Again? 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 Why do I keep trying to do things? So I think what happens is that uh, North, you pull this whip out and you go for the neck just like before and it wraps around its neck. And this thing was trying to get away, but as soon as like it's got this tether to it, it's almost like an instinct. It turns around and instead of <laughs> fleeing just charges straight for you and you don't really have that time to react you you are high on the flamethrower of life <laughs> i just i go haha <laughs> yep yep um and as this thing charges at you it catches you full force in the chest and starts knocking you over and tara you're caught uh, kind of behind him where you were standing to kind of keep yourself ready on the flames to keep them from like spreading too far. Um, and he, he just sends you flying. Um, and you kind of spin backwards and you lose the flame, or sorry, you lose the fire extinguisher. And this thing is on top of you and it digs its teeth straight into your shoulders, North. You feel, uh, as those needle-like teeth sink right under your clavicle and get a good meaty grip. You're going to take one harm armor defeating from the acid spit that is dripping out of its mouth. Um, and you're going to take three harm non-armor defeating. Whoa! It is a strong bite. Are you okay? Uh, well, I have two armor. So mm -hmm. collectively, I take two of those harm. Okay. And you also take a stress. And Tara, you are also going to take a stress as you have been knocked backwards. Uh, and lost your fire extinguisher. That is a very stressful situation. <laughs> it is. Callista, yeah. Mr. Q, what are you guys doing? Oh my god. Um, I think seeing this creature on top of Northwood, I'm going to reach into a pocket of my of my cape and pull out a small, discreet folding knife and see if I can stab it into that creature's neck. Go for it. Roll me some inflict harm, please. That's a four. Oh my god. Can I try to assist her? You can. I will let you if you'd like. You are standing there. Yeah, I think as I see her pull out the knife, I 
do a quick sweep with the flamethrower right in front of her path so she's not like slipping on the sponges and stuff that are still here uh, so that she has a clear path to get in and get this hit. All right. Go ahead and roll that for me, please. Twelve. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Get to re-roll your lowest. My lowest was one, so it's only up from here. Maybe. (laughs) And then I rolled a two. (laughs) So that's a five. So good news. Uh, Mr. Q, nothing happens to you. You're fine. Uh, Bad news. Callista, uh, you go to sink this knife into this creature. um, And as you're doing so, Six tries to hold you back. That is her job. She is there to protect you. And in doing so, uh, you both end up kind of colliding. And you both end up landing on top of North. (laughs) Uh, and North, you just feel as those teeth get pushed deeper and deeper. Um, you're already taking a lot of harm from it though, so I won't make you, but Callista, on the other hand, full face and torso straight into that acidy skin. I feel like this is an opportunity to roll diplomatic immunity to see if Six can block this for me. Go ahead. Yep. That's a 10. All right. So read Diplomatic Immunity, please. Sure. When someone tries to harm you, roll plus group to see if your bodyguard will save you. On a 10 plus, your bodyguard knocks you out of the way safely. So Six is falling with you, um, and her bodyguard instincts kind of kick in. Um, She might have been the reason why you kind of messed up, but she's definitely not going to be the reason you die. So she kind of curls her arms around you, and there's just this brief half second before you hit the the back of this creature and kind of get a face full of acid that she manages to turn both of you so that she's the one who lands back first onto this thing. Um, She's going to take one harm armor defeating as that acid kind of gets through her suit and, you know, any exposed skin. I need to give her a raise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will say... Mr. Q, because you rolled so high on your assist, you have no problems if you wanted to take an action now, do something. You know, since this is a much more intimate situation with this thing grappling essentially two of my comrades here, I just drop the flamethrower and uh, pull the gun and just try to uh, kind of slide down to a kneeling position and uh, shoot this thing in the side. Okay, go ahead and roll inflict harm for me, please. That's a 10. Uh, Yeah, you get to do it. Pick your extra effect. Uh, I think I want to impress, intimidate, or frighten them. Describe to me how you're doing this. How are you getting this thing impressed, intimidated, frightened? I think there's something about me essentially kneeling next to it and just putting the gun right up against it, and I open up my mind to it just a little bit, and I just let out all of that feeling of my disgust and horror at what it is and what I am because of it. You know, I'm this person that I feel like my purpose here is to protect people, and these things are very much not doing that. And so it's just the antithesis of how I've lived my life, and I just let all of that disgust and shame hit it as I start pulling the trigger as fast as I can. All right. And there's this half second as you open your mind where it 
pulls its teeth out of North's shoulder and turns to face you as it kind of gets hit with this wave of this fear and horror and disgust. And it makes that psychic connection that it's had with the rest of its colony with you. And in that moment, it's kind of leaning forward and you see that maw full of needle-like teeth and those human features. And there's just this split second where the face almost ripples and starts to change and starts to look like yours before you let out on it and the entire thing is blown to smithereens. Whoa. Is everybody all right? Yeah. Yes, I'm fine. Are are you all right, Mr. Northwood? Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. I'll walk it off. I'm really sorry if I got you knocked over. Hey, kid, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Not your fault. I got two left feet. Everybody knows that. If you'd like, I can attempt to patch up at least the holes in your shoulder before we continue. I sure wouldn't mind it, Q. Uh, yeah, I want to open up my little pocket kit and see if I can uh, heal him up a little bit. Okay, go ahead and roll first aid for me, please. Okay. Ten. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so North, you get to heal one harm, and you are also stabilized if you were unstable. I was not, but I appreciate that you went the extra mile for me. Of course. <laughs> So you guys kind of pick yourselves up, dust off the acidic slime and tally up your bruises and kind of finally realize like, okay, we're in the clear. Um, and with that, I'm going to say that you guys have no more problems kind of getting through here. With that thing gone, uh, you've got the flamethrower and you are able to burn everything in your path until you guys are standing outside the doors of the lab. Okay. Does it need the card to open? Nope. You can see that there is a panel next to it, and the light is currently green. Uh, then I will gesture for somebody else to open it so that I can kind of keep the flamethrower at the ready. I open it. Tara, you open the doors, and there is the immediate sound of something on the other side as you hear, Whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop! And you kind of look in and see that there's about three or four people all standing around holding these makeshift, like, developmental flamethrowers aimed at the door and at the center of them is your mom inca yay what is your wife's nickname uh cutie patootie why i lower and holster the gun nothing i push past and i just run and jump into her arms mommy i'm so glad you're okay i was so scared that you were hurt i'm so sorry i lost opie in the ocean tara darling what are you doing we here can't rescue you I can't imagine mom would let you do this. What? What? And then she catches, you know, sight of North and, and I feel like there's an explanation due here. Don't you, Mr. Northwood? Sure. But just for the moment, we are sort of trapped in a laboratory among predatory creatures that want to eat all of us and maybe turn into us. So can we save it until we're in what I would call a more secure position? You are absolutely right. My apologies. I was surprised to see my daughter. Uh, yeah, please come inside, come inside. And as she kind of gestures for you, the other lab techs kind of stand back. And then as soon as the doors are closed, they kind of resume position. Um, and she kind of turns towards you with her arm around Tara and says, how did you get down here? With difficulty, believe us. Significant difficulty. Mommy, we gotta go. Is there any particular reason y'all are holding out down here? Were you just afraid of the one outside the door? Because it's dead now. We're trying to figure out how we can save the colony. We've been down here formulating a plan to deal with the mother. I beg your unbelievable pardon. 
I have to ask, what did my wife tell you when she sent you down here? Uh, not a whole lot. Just that people started getting, like, taken from the shadows and people started showing up, but, like, they weren't the actual people. They shouldn't have been able to be there or whatever. Lots of members of the colony were took and some of y'all hid or retreated and were presumed safe. Leave it to a politician to skip over the details. Yes, okay, well, I'm down here with my team because we were trapped, but when we realized that there was a bigger threat, we needed to stay in order to try and deal with it. That's why we haven't gone up. The flamethrowers are perfectly fine for getting us past the sponges, but if we don't deal with the mother, this entire colony is going to die. What is the mother? I assume you've seen those sponges outside. Oh, yes. And I assume you've seen the various forms in which it can take to protect itself or deliver itself food. You don't, you don't have to keep saying you assume. If you say it, I'll assume that you assumed it. Fair enough. <laughs> what exactly do you think it was doing with the colonists? I have been speculating on that myself. We've seen at least tracks of several being taken, but have not found the location of any that have disappeared. That's because all of them have been taken down into the processing center. To feed the mother. Well, let's go rescue him and, and kill it, because we killed a whole bunch already, and it wasn't that hard. So we could just go to take care of it, and then we can leave. I rub my shoulder at the words, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looks down at you, Tara, and kind of pats your head like she's done before when she was trying to, you know, be patronizing. <laughs> We're not trying to be patronizing, but generally thinking that this was something above what you would understand, whether or not she was right. She kind of pats your head and goes, darling, um, let the adults talk. Okay, I'll, I'll go to my room. <laughs> <laughs> she just crawls into a vent in full sight of everyone. Just in the background while everyone's talking, you just see Tara in the backside of the room, just like climbing on some boxes and <laughs> climbing into a vent. <laughs> It's that it's that shot from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. You just see her disappear out of frame and then dive behind somebody <laughs> into a vent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she just kind of like gives you this like glance and then like kind of looks back at the, the group of you and says, we have been here formulating a plan to deal with this thing. It's taken over the processing center. It is massive. All those sponges you've seen outside, you've seen them coalescing on the walls. Imagine that, except it's the entire processing room for a mining facility. And at the center is the mother. So what's this plan you've been formulating? Well, up until now, it was get as many of these flamethrowers working as possible and then basically go down there and burn the thing. Okay, I'm into it. Uh, you kind of made it sound like maybe you got a better one now that we're here, though. I mean, it just means there's more hands. She kind of looks down at Tara and more adult hands. Hey, do we have any oil around? Because Grandpa said that if I was had fire, that I should make sure there's no oil around because it'd be really bad. But we could probably make the fire go faster if there was oil. I just point at her as she says this and look pointedly up at her mother. With all due respect to your tone to your daughter, we would not have arrived here safely without her assistance. She is incredibly resourceful, intelligent, and far braver than most would be in her position. And she kind of looks a little shocked at being essentially talked back to like that. Uh, and she kind of shakes her head a little bit and goes, Mr. Q, I'm very aware that my daughter's highly intelligent. She's also 10 years old. I'm pointing at her and looking at <laughs> Q and nodding pointedly. 
Dr. Lake. Callista Gray, emissary from Arcadia. It's a pleasure to meet you. I already spoke with your wife. I personally can vouch for Tara's resourcefulness. In fact, she's the one who secured this flamethrower for us. It's, I hate to say that I would feel a lot more comfortable if I had her expertise, but... You know, I think that you should put a lot more faith in your daughter than you are currently. I sure would like to try to influence her to try to see if we could get Tara to come with us. Yeah, go ahead and roll influence someone for me, please. That is a seven. Yeah, with a seven on an influence, they're going to do it. But you've you've asked for a lot, then the price will be steep. I sure have. Hmm. Miss Gray, I'm very pleased to meet you, and I wish it had been under other circumstances. From my experience with other ambassadors of your status, generally I think I can assume that you have a bodyguard. Am I correct? Uh, yes. I gesture my head towards Six, who's standing like two inches behind me. My daughter can come with us if you feel so deeply in need of her expertise on the condition that your bodyguard remain next to her side the entire time. Yes, I'd be willing to do that. And she looks down at her daughter and just, all right, honey, I guess you're coming with us. And I leveled up uh, a few failures ago. Um, so I'm going to take a move from another playbook. So I'm going to take a move from the civilian entertainer variant called, oh, I'm good. It's always a confidence boost to see your hard work pay off. Take a plus one forward on your next group roll when you successfully influence someone. Okay, yeah. Mark that plus one forward on your next group roll. Uh, and yeah, Dr. Lake looks at the rest of you, kind of still has her arm around her daughter and kind of nods and says, all right, the sooner we do this, the better. We've got a couple extra flamethrowers for those of you who can carry it. Uh, the rest of you, bullets will kill these things just as much as fire, though it takes a little bit more. Now, what about the rest of the civilians? Aren't they being held down there? If we just go down there lighting shit up willy-nilly, aren't we going to hurt them? I hate to break this to you, but when they're fed to the mother, they don't survive. From everything we've seen, I don't think we're going to find anybody. This here, and she gestures to the room around her, this is who we've been able to save. Oh, it's a lot more dire than I understood it to be. These things have been picking us off one by one before we even realized what was happening. By the time we did, the colony was already small to start with. We're not at full capacity. The entire point was trying to track people to come work here. Fewer than maybe 50 people, sometimes, depending. I will suggest the same offer that I gave your wife. If you'd like, the path is clear. Everyone here can make our way up. We can reconvene with the half a dozen or so that are safe upstairs, get on the shuttle bus, and leave this place, preferably forever. Though personally, if it was put to a vote, I would like to burn this motherfucker to the ground. This is my home. It's not what we want it to be, but we've been building towards it, and I don't plan to let this thing take that away from me. And she kind of looks at the rest of them, and they kind of all just nod, holding their flamethrowers. I also would like to burn this motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> 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 all right. So we got one big room just shock a block full of these things that needs to get burned down. We don't got any civilians to worry about in there, which has its advantages. I mean, the kid's talking about oil. Can we come up with anything cleverer than just walking in there with our flamethrowers? Can we pour something flammable on them from the vents, just flood that room full of oil or something like that, and then 
hell, toss a match in from somewhere? Yeah, is there anything like in this lab that we could kind of create like a like a giant Molotov cocktail? Okay, so I think what's going to happen is based off of your influence role that you got her on board with you and that she is down with Tara coming with, um, she's going to kind of take in these alternate suggestions more than she would have before. Um, and she kind of like looks at you and starts to nod along and says, okay, yeah, I mean, with you here, I would prefer if we don't all head into danger, certainly not if Tara is coming with us. Not here, but the processing room does have fuel lines. They hang from the ceiling. Uh, they attach to essentially what are the processing units. Um, if we wanted to try and blow those somehow, we could get the fuel spilling out, but it's going to take some effort. Narratively speaking, how exactly does the armory work? Do I have other implements up there that aren't like the things I've got on my character sheet? Yeah. So basically you would have access to uh, what is essentially on the gear table that's in your hand. So your hand stat, I should say. Um, so whatever you would be capable of accessing with that plus hand, uh, you would probably have stored in the armory. You can also custom. I would say that it would just have to fit within the idea of plus two. So I'm trying to think of something I could come up with just some kind of like incendiary explosive more so than like a directed flamethrower. So if I can create something out of the armory, I imagine that like, I mean, the the processing room is, it is not small, right? Like this is a sizable. This thing is huge. So maybe there is, maybe I'm, I have to basically create a few charges here. And like, if Tara can sneak to wherever like the fuel lines are and sever them or something to start like leaking accelerant into this room i might be able to sneak around and plant a few like precisely positioned charges to get the most bang for our buck once everything goes off but it'll be shitty for me just trying to sneak around a room that's completely full of sponges i think i mean i can try to link up again and see if i can distract them with that connection. Yeah, and if the mother has any kind of sort of way of communicating either through through Q's telepathy, but I could try to distract it, just try to talk to it while you're setting the charges. Is that suicide? <laughs> I mean, probably yes. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I love it. I love the idea of somebody distracting it while I sneak about, but I don't just want any of us to go, uh, I'm just going to walk into its mouth. And um, yum, 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 yum. That's the end of me. Also, how do you get back out if you distract it? How do you get back out before everything starts catching fire and blowing up? Um, I think as you're kind of running over these options, Dr. Lake looks at you and says, as soon as that thing's dead, we can get the fire suppression system going. That is something we can operate from the outside. That was our goal all along. I wonder how close Callista would have to get to talk to it. Because if she doesn't have to get right up in its face... Maybe the charges going off behind it will give her enough of a distraction to just book it. Or like once the fuel line, once fuel starts raining from the ceiling, she can like be like, that's my cue. I want to ask Dr. Lake, like, so I I understand that the whole room is full of the sponges, but you say that like, like the mother is one entity. What is the scale of the mother in reference to the rest of the room? She's massive. She's huge. We managed to get just a look at them before we were driven off by some of the guardians, whatever you want to call those things. 
that look like us. She is a massive, almost tubular structure that can move very limitedly, kind of like a head that goes searching for food. And it comes down like this giant maw and just eats people whole. So she like suspended from the ceiling? Yep. So she, she like a big, kind of like a big, big worm? Yep. Okay. But the entire room is, from what we can tell, basically her body. And then the center mass is just like the main part. So we think if we burn it all and she dies, it's going to have some kind of effect on the rest of them because they all seem to be linked to her somehow. Is there anywhere from which Callista could safely deliver some words without risk of being eaten? I don't know. Maybe from the doors to the processing center? I, I think it depends on whether or not whatever you're trying to pull off works. Don't worry about me, Mr. Northwood. You should have seen the person that was sitting next to me when I was at the state dinner on Cygnus 14. I can talk to anybody. What's our order of operations? So I'd say first things first, then I need to go up to the armory and rig up whatever these charges are. Then head back down here, probably send Tara into the vents to start maneuvering her way towards the fuel lines um, so that she's maybe ready for a queue or something to cut them. Uh, and then when the doors open and it's time to start distracting, I need to sneak in under that distraction to start trying to maneuver around the room and plant charges. So the talking and the sneaking and maybe the telepathy will all maybe pop off at once. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Q could buy like an extra second before Callista has to start talking to basically cloak me, you know, like, like keep its attention or distract it or fuck with its mind so much that like I can sneak in unnoticed and then Callista takes up the torch from there yeah that sounds right those three things are kind of happening at once okay all right i'm so nervous all right so dr lake kind of looks at you and says i i mean if we're gonna do it let's do it now you ready to go north yes ma'am um okay so i will take the excruciatingly slow elevator ride uh back up <laughs> to the armory uh, and start putting together these charges. And we're going to do it in real time for the elevator ride. Okay. <laughs> let me set a let me set a five minute timer. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think because you have basically kind of cleared your way through these areas before, and you kind of know what to expect, you're able to get to the armory with no problem. Um, and yeah, just what are you doing in the armory? Uh, I'm basically taking some of these flamethrowers and just kit bashing them with like a little bit of plastique or something like turning them into something that can be remotely detonated instead of fired with a trigger. Absolutely. I'm going to have you roll use or repair an advanced item for me to see how well you can get this thing to work. Okay. Uh, that is an eight. Okay. So you can do it, but you get to pick two issues from the list. Uh, there's an ongoing negative side effect. Okay. And it's going to need something that will cost you. Okay. What are your guns? What are your weapons? Uh, I have the electric whip, a blast cannon, and my big cool special custom gun. I think what this is going to cost you is your blast cannon. You realize that there are some parts that you just don't have to make this, um, but you know for a fact that they're probably in that gun. Um, so you have to dismantle this piece of your kit to make this work. I give it a reassuring pat and I say, 
oh, Blast Cannon, I never got to use you anyway in this whole thing, so <laughs> this don't hurt me too much, but I love you. I'll see you on the other side of the Rainbow Bridge. Okay. I think the ongoing negative side effect is that the way that you have kind of piecemealed this together, um, there's a element of it that is just exposed corrosive like battery acid um, that you don't really have the tools or know-how to kind of essentially cover. So you are going to have to, until you place it, basically keep wiping that away. And it's going to just mean that you got to keep an eye on these things while you're getting stuff ready. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to burn through the circuits and you're not going to be able to do what you want with it remotely. Awesome. Okay. But you have that and you can head back down. Uh, no problem. Okay. So uh, while he's doing that, Tara, what are you doing? Sneaking away and finding a small maintenance closet that I know is just around the corner that I found down here when I was visiting my mommy one time. And there's a little offset room that is hidden behind a shelf that you can't see unless you get down real low. And that is my secret place. And that is where I keep all of my favorite things, the toys that I don't want taken away when I get grounded, and just things that are very, very special to me. And I dig around and I find a picture of me and my grandpa. And we were doing a science experiment and something blew up and it was really funny. And we're both laughing. And I take it and I hug it and I put it in my pocket. And I'm going to use that as my second level up to replace my keepsake. Okay. Yes. And uh, the two tags for that I will put as delicate and easily lost. All right. Sounds good to me. Mr. Q and Callista, what are you guys doing to prepare? I think I am just like kind of practicing. Um, I, I don't know how to describe it. Just opening that valve a little bit at a time and getting better at being ready to, you know, kind of open up my mind link that I felt uh, earlier uh, so that when I need to, I can just fully crank it open and be a distraction in that way. Okay. And it's just this kind of low-level hum. You're far enough away from the sponges that are still alive right now to not really feel it, but you can – it's almost like air pressure on the other side of a door. You can just kind of feel it seeping in under the edges. Callista, what about you? Red leather, yellow leather. Red <laughs> That's leather, what yellow I was leather. waiting for. <laughs> oh, my God. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. No, probably – yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think she's just ready to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I think the the group of you kind of come back together, having all made your preparations, and it's go time. I think we start with Tara. Tara, you're kind of in the vents. Uh, your goal is to get these fuel lines cut. I'm not going to make you roll for the vents, so just describe to me what you're doing as you head through. Uh, I am just crawling through to each point and looking through the vent, very carefully swinging it open and reaching out to grab onto the nearest fuel line, and I'm just using my folded pocket knife, and I'm just cutting as deep of a cut as I can into it until I have fuel spraying out below, uh, and then I move on to the next closest area that I can get, and I just make my way around. Okay. Um, I'm going to have you roll an act under fire for me just for cutting these fuel lines. They're a little bit of a distance from the actual vent, and this is going to cover... 
the whole action of cutting each fuel line. Nine. Uh, so that's a mixed success. So I'm going to say that you are able to cut um, probably three out of five of these fuel lines. There's two of them that are hanging that are just too far for your little arms to get to. Um, This seems like it's pretty important. I want to give everybody the most help that I can because I know that it's super, super dangerous. So I'm going to go ahead and spend my intuition to make this a full success. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's just this moment as you're hanging out the vent to try and get this one line that's just a little bit too far where you just kind of have your hand behind you bracing you and it kind of brushes against your pocket where you know the photo of you and your grandpa is. And you just imagine that you're reaching out for your grandfather's hand and you're able to stretch just a little bit further and you grab hold of that line and you're able to get your knife through it. And it happens again a second time on the other side of the room where you're just not quite able to reach it. And you think about your grandpa and you're just managed to get your hand on it. And you are able to cut through all five of these fuel lines and the fuel goes spraying everywhere. Callista and Mr. Q, whatever happens with North is dependent on what you do. So <laughs> uh, go ahead and tell me what you guys are doing. So I am trying to, as we get close, open up my connection and make some noise. And kind of specifically what I'm trying to do is, um, you know, knowing that there are all of these pieces of her, the, these, you know, other extensions of sponginess uh, all over the place, I kind of want to focus in on that, like any of the extra, any of the stuff that's just out and spread around and just put in this own hum from myself, just more of that disgust and distaste that this whole thing exists. Um, so that, one, Callista has kind of an opening to talk directly to what is the, you know, the mother entity, and so that all of that extra space is being distracted for North to do what he needs to do. Okay. I think... Uh... Go ahead and roll mind trick for me again. Okay. Seven. I would like to try to assist him if I could. Uh, certainly, you're next to him as this is going on. Tell me what you want to do and uh, go ahead and roll assist. I think Callista is already trying to sort of like walk up and approach the mother to try to see if I can kind of get more of her focus so that it's uh, so that it's easier for Mr. Q to slip into its brain. So that is a 10. Awesome. Okay, I will re-roll the one that I got on the other. Yeah! Nice! One up to a Excellent. six. So that yes! bumps me way the hell up there. All right, that's a full success on your mind trick. So... Uh, you're walking this path that is being burned ahead of you by the scientists with the flamethrowers. Dr. Lake is right up at the front, kind of just leading this particular charge. Um, and as you're walking, you can kind of feel the, the low level scream of these things as they are incinerated and just popping left and right. Um, and the kind of ripple effect it has on the, telepathic plane of these creatures uh, as that pain is passed back towards the greater intelligence of the mother. Um, and you kind of take advantage of that ripple. 
almost like riding the wave, like kind of joining it and using it to amplify your own mind until you feel this moment in which you have this overwhelming sense of something much larger than you, than these sponges, than any of the creatures that you've met before, human or otherwise, as this kind of colony mind of the mother comes into focus and turns its attention towards you. Hello, mother. Someone wants to speak with you. There's a strange recognition as she kind of fixates on your singular, unusual alien, not of the colony voice, speaking to her from the colony. You get the sense that she doesn't really recognize language, like words don't mean anything to her, but she can get a sense of your intention. Okay. Um, then with that in mind, I think I give Callista a nod, knowing that whatever she needs to say, I'm going to try to be the conduit for it and, you know, impart that feeling. You are like my UN translator. Yep. Then, yeah, I think uh, I I step up and I say, Hello, I am Callista Gray, an emissary from another planet, Arcadia. I was sent here to speak to the most important thing on this colony, which I now understand, is you. I'm here to negotiate, trade, for important resources that my colony needs. I have my associate here, who is hopefully able to communicate to you what I'm saying and could get a response. You strike me as an entity that desires something. I would love to hear your demands, and if it's well within my power of accomplishing it, then let's have a discussion and see what I can do for you and you can do for me. And I would like to roll Skilled Negotiator. Please do. So that was a snake eyes. I'm going to use my oh. point of intuition. Oh. oh, that was a ride right there. <laughs> Down and up. You use your intuition. All right. There's just this brief moment where the entire consciousness is focused on Callista. And it's almost overwhelming for you, Mr. Q. It's almost so overwhelming that you feel like you have to break off your connection just because of how intense it is. But you feel as Callista kind of gently puts her hand against your shoulder. Um, and you, Callista, are shaking in fear. Um, but you've done this before. You've you have dealt with scarier entities than this, and most of them have been people who run planets. This creature is not going to intimidate you. Mr. Q, you kind of push out this sense from Callista that she is saying, you're important. What can we do for you? We want to deal with you. And what you get back is hunger, feed me, children. Uh, that is kind of the exchange that is happening. Not feed me children, feed me, comma, children. <laughs> I should clarify. <laughs> well, Tara Lake, please come down. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think I'm just trying to convey all of this while I am motioning for North to just go, go, go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I will sneak in as beckoned and just try to navigate any pinpricks of floor that aren't covered in sponge to make my way around this room and plant like four equally spaced charges 
Um, especially if I can see where some fuel might be dripping down, those would be ideal spots, I think. I'm going to say with uh, Tara doing her job, no problem. And Callista and Mr. Q holding this thing's attention. You're walking through this room and you can see not only is the mother focused on them and that giant kind of worm-like head has swung down to stare at the door of the processing center, but all around this room are more of those weird humanoid figures. None of them seem to notice you. They are all staring intently at Callista and Q. So I'm going to say, based off of just these successes that have happened before, you don't have a problem kind of taking your time to pick around the room. But what I would like you to do is go ahead and roll a survey the scene for me, because you are trying to find the best places to put these where they are going to be the most effective damage. Okay. Eight. All right. You get one question. What can help me? You see positioned around this processing plant what are essentially barrels of the various kinds of runoff that happens from the processing. And you know that most of these are probably highly flammable. Sorry. And if you stuck your charges at these locations, it is going to do the max amount of damage that you could possibly do in this area. Perfect. I do that. Um, I think based off of the mixed success that you had in the armory and the fact that there's a kind of negative ongoing side effect, once you plant these things, um, that kind of corrosive battery acid is going to start dripping quickly. So you got to get going. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a short timer here. Uh, so go ahead and plant these. And then I want you to roll an act under fire for me to kind of get out of here so you don't get damaged. Perfect. Awesome. That is a nine. I'm going to give you some choices. Uh, you're not going to be able to plant all the charges. You'll get, instead of the five that you have, you'll get three of them set up. But you'll be able to get out safely. You can plant all the charges. Um, but you know that there is a high possibility that one of them will go off early. Just because of what's happening with this battery acid. Kind of throwing off the rhythm of things. And it might awaken these creatures around you and refocus them. Or... You can ensure that these things are set right, but you're going to take some harm getting out. Uh, I will take the second option. I will risk one of them going off early. Okay. So yeah, you get these things set up and you're moving around the room, putting them where they need to be. But you realize even as you're doing it, man, as soon as you're not taking care of them and keeping that acid off of the, the essentially trigger panel... Um, it is just going. And especially now that they're kind of sitting uh, in a position where it can run faster... It's going. Uh, so as you're kind of finishing up the last one, uh, you hear an intense explosion happen on the far side of the room. Q and Callista, Q especially, you feel as there is this moment where you are having this conversation with the mother and all of a sudden there is a scream that emits just psychically across everything. It is enough to make your entire head just throb. And the mother turns her head away as you hear this massive explosion happen on the far side of the processing plant. I'm going to say north, about two of these things are near you, probably within about 20 feet. And they both turn and stare at you and start to move your way. What are you doing? I'm just booking it. I'm just running away as quickly as I can, <laughs> sprinting for the door. Go ahead and roll an act under fire for me to 
literally get out of this impending fire. Eleven. Like, there's just this moment where they reach for you and they're trying to get their uh, elongating claws of fingers to dig into your arm and you just manage to rip it away and the kind of uh, the kind of fabric of your clothing kind of gets ripped, but you are free and clear and you just book it towards the door and you're running and you're just seeing Callista and Q standing in the doorway. So as I am sprinting, I pull out Cecilia and right as I'm about to make it through the door, uh, I lash the whip around the lever that pulls the door shut <laughs> And just yank it closed as I go and then pull the whip the rest of the way through with me. Uh, everybody might want to go ahead and back up now. It's about to get a little bit concussive in there. You see Dr. Lake just like, back, back, everybody back. Calista, Q. Yeah, going with Oh, him. yes. Oh, yes. Running very, very fast. Oh, I assume you'd want to stand next to the door where the entire explosion is going to happen. <laughs> Seems like a great view. I would say at this point, Tara, you're kind of crawling back through the vents towards the lab. Yeah, I think I probably stayed to watch, but I didn't think that there was a possibility for them to go off early. So as soon as the first one went off, I turned around and scrambled back. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and you kind of all meet up at the uh, end of the hallway, far away from the processing center. Tara, you managed to get there just as all of you hear this massive, insanely huge boom. To the credit of the builders of this fine colony... Those blast doors on the processing center hold firm. There is no problem with them. You don't even see a hint of smoke. Um, and Dr. Lake is kind of standing there just like shaking her head like, that was fucking close. Question for Q. Are you still open telepathically? I think so. I, I think it was just turn and run. So yeah, probably. Uh, okay. I think as this blast goes off, you're hit with a wave of just death screaming, dying, burning, everything. Just this sense of it all dying. And the mother, with her limited language ability, is essentially screaming, betrayer. And then she dies. I turn around to the group. I think I have dared to look slightly smug. She's dead. Well, hot damn. I mean, that didn't go great, but it could have gone a lot worse. Are you sure? I am absolutely certain, Doctor. And I think it's as you're saying that, it's almost like there's a wave as the remaining sponges that weren't burned off of the floor, the ones hanging on the ceiling, you can see as they all start to wither and they all start to fall off the ceiling. And she kind of looks at it and looks at you and goes, I can't believe you guys did it. It's dead. Told you it wasn't that hard. <laughs> and she kind of laughs and looks down at you. I'm so sorry, Tara. I... I didn't mean to imply that I didn't want you or that you weren't smart enough. I, But you did it. True. <laughs> and I think she goes in for a hug. Dr. Lake, I trust that you will put in a good word for me with your wife, the governor, when we resume trade negotiations tomorrow. Ambassador Gray, I would be more than happy to. And yeah, and I think with that, uh, you all kind of head upstairs, get back on with your lives. The colony is a mess. Things are not looking great here right now, but it's not dead. And there's some hope that you could make this place a home again if you just spend some time rebuilding it. And I think with that, we have concluded the crisis. So we have some end of crisis reflection questions that we need to do. Did anyone's connections with another spacer change? Not on my part. 
Um, I think I started out in a fairly good place and I still feel strongly about those connections. Yeah, I think I still get along with Tara. I can still talk shop with Q. Uh, I think my question would be, uh, have I yet impressed Callista? Oh, yes, 100%. All right, then that changes to a positive. Oh, I would think that some of mine changed. <laughs> um, as far as with Callista, will you welcome me? I feel like her speaking up for me on my behalf and insisting that I go along definitely is is good. But I think uh, with Mr. Q, do you think I should leave? <laughs> do you still think I should leave? <laughs> I don't. Um, you know, you kept showing up despite any logical sense it might make, but then improving the situation. Uh, so I think that switched in his head that capability is kind of an attitude, and <laughs> uh, Tara approved that. So so now I'm positive with everyone. Yes. So I still think that Tara would lie to yes, me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for North, do you trust me? Yeah. I think you put your life on the line in a very big way that saved all of our asses. So that's a positive now. And then the next questions. So these questions were designed to kind of make sure that the experiences that you've had are both remembered. Also, just in case there's anything you want to discuss that may need to be changed in the future. So the first one is, what was the most tense moment of the game? What did you feel like really got to you? The ocean staircase. Being in the ocean and losing my, <laughs> my Opie, for sure. Okay. What was the best moment? This can be on an individual or a group level. What do you think was really just the highlight? It's always so easy to say the climax, so that may not really be it in reflection, but just initially, you know, I'm the guy that just openly wept the very first time that all of the Avengers were on screen together, you know? Like, everyone else was cheering, but I was just like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> so yeah, when everybody is like rocking their role and, and doing that last big thing, that always is huge to me and I love it. I loved the uh, whip around the neck, pull this thing down the elevator shaft moment. That was, that, that was really solid. fucking cool. Uh, alternatively, I liked the clotheslining it off the railing yeah. into the abyss. <laughs> Oh, those were excellent moments. I agree. Um, next question is just for GMs to kind of get a better sense of what they need to do later, which is, what would anyone change, if anything? Is there anything that you particularly didn't enjoy or that you thought maybe was not working for you? Um, I thought it was a little much that all the people died. So <laughs> if next time all the people could not die. If everyone could be happy okay. and just safe. Mm -hmm. I thought there, that I didn't like that there was monsters. So yeah, can it not, can mm -hmm. it not be scary? <laughs> can it not be scary? <laughs> so scary. So scary. <laughs> I mean, I know that this was the result of a bad role, but as someone who is in real life very attached to an old stuffed animal, losing the stuffed possum on the bottom of the ocean floor was really tough. Aww. And this was just me not doing it, but I wish I would have uh, used my smoke bombs. I was really sad that I lost those before I could do something cool with oh, them. Yeah. Um, and finally, what is everyone looking forward to next? So pretending that we were going to play another game, I would say. Is there something that you particularly enjoyed about this that you would like to see in the next game? Uh, I am looking forward to the budding romance between uh, North and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> the nervous intern. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, I don't know, in, in my head, I feel like it's like a year later at least, like at earliest, you know, a decent amount of time has gone by 
and seeing Tara have some sort of official responsibility now. Like she sort of earned that respect from everybody that even as young as she is, suddenly she's got a title and, and you know, something that um, is very important that she's Governor. running. <laughs> For example. I'm looking forward to turning 11 so people can stop saying, but she's 10 as a, as a way to detract from my <laughs> abilities. I'm looking forward to, I'm sure in the aftermath of this, my people have spun this to sort of me single-handedly negotiating and defeating this sort of mother entity and uh, possibly, I don't know, maybe a holiday on this particular colony being named in my <laughs> honor or perhaps an important wing being named after me. Yeah, something like that. I've changed mine. I'm looking forward to trolling the comment <laughs> sections on all the bullshit propaganda that Callista's people put out and being like, that's not what happened. That's not what I'm happened. Yeah. Um, those are all excellent. So the last thing we do at the end of a crisis is uh, you get two experience points um, and you also get two gear points which are how you kind of upgrade or buy new gear. So if we were going to do another uh, one of these, you would be able to kind of get some new stuff. And with that, I think we're done. Thank you, thank you so guys. much. This is wow. amazing. Yeah, so, this is so fun. This game rules. Well, thank you so much for leading us through Starhold. Um, before we go, can you remind us and our listeners where they can find Starhold? Absolutely. You can find us on starholdrpg.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at StarholdRPG. And if you're looking to buy the game, it's going to be on our Gumroad on the website or on DriveThruRPG. Excellent. Thank you. And if you are coming to the Crit Show fresh because of Starhold, we are a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts if you would like to hear the folks around the table play some more Powered by the Apocalypse games. Uh, you can find us anywhere. Just search The Crit Show. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. In Starhold, you play as a group of spacers struggling on the fringes of the last great frontier, scraping by in a cold universe. Out here, even the smallest mistake can mean extinction, and help is a long, long way away. To find out more and get your copy, visit StarholdRPG.com. You can also find Starhold on Twitter at StarholdRPG. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting. And so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut-eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas. Are you the detective in town? No, I'm the obituary writer. Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way. Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte... The friend I now have is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop. She was my aunt. She was all I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone. Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years. Careful. Death 
is ever present. Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one. You write about death, O.W., but how much do you know about what it feels like to lose someone? The shadow in the dark woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.